Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of From Right to Red. My name is Craig. And I'm Paul. Hello, Paul. We have a fantastic... Oh, hey, Paul. We've got a fantastic <laughs> episode today. Um, first, I, I want to mention, just, you know, we, we don't mention this very often, but uh, go to patreon.com slash from right to red. Subscribe if you like what you hear. Um, and then we can keep providing yeah. you more of what you hear. So yeah. go ahead and subscribe, please. And you please. can feel good. Uh, all of the money is going straight towards tunnel Crack building cocaine. in New York. Yes. <laughs> tunnel building. I've, yeah, that's definitely what we need to be giving all that money uh, to. And yes, also crack. crack Why not crack. that too? Yeah. 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 What's, what's the one thing you want more than anything else right now? just crack. straight crack um so um, yes please go ahead and uh and subscribe for us that would be fantastic before we get into the meat of the episode we're going to talk a little bit about uh some kind of like comparative democracies a little bit but before we get into that we got paul has yeah. some updates for us that we want to go over so yeah go ahead. because i think with how much we have touched on the topic with uaw and all the amazing work they've been doing lately it's definitely worth still covering what they're continuing to do. This Sean Fain is being very clear about it. He's openly like putting out messages of here's exactly what our goals are. And they're pretty simple, straightforward. And they're saying, if you want help with unionizing, we will come help you. And they just announced uh, on Martin Luther King Day, Sean Fain was uh, doing a presentation and talking about Al a place in Alabama. I don't know if it was Stellantis or just another auto worker, but they signed and they joined UAW with them, which is amazing. Like, yeah. I'd love to see it. Like, more and more people joining unions is great. Uh, and there's another in talks. It's great for uh, union workers. It's great for non-union workers. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're not a union worker, it's always good to remember you might take a little longer, but your wages will naturally have to rise as well. Like yeah. it's, it always happens. Rising tide floats all it. ships. Yeah. I just, I love seeing the UAW willingly help other people join and get what they want. Some people have even said it was as simple as company kept promising this, but wouldn't put it in writing in our UAW contract. And we just said enough is enough. We're not taking their word for it. So right. we want so it we in got, writing. We got union, uh, a possible union action happening in Alabama then is what you're saying. We got them. Yep. They signed the cards. That means they're, they're past the first step, which is usually and, the hardest step in all of this. Yes. And you I, know? I believe there's more to come from how Sean Fain more uh, to come speaks. So you know what? That is good news. I hope I, there's more to come. I hope there's more people joining. I do want to tie this in a little bit to what we're going to be talking about later too, because uh, um, just a reminder for those of you maybe that didn't hear, or, you know, it's been a while since we talked about uh, the UAW, we did a, a larger episode in the past. Um, but all of this new labor action that's coming out of the UAW is because of the way their democracy in the UAW changed. So um, last year they, they, they used to use a form of, of um, a representative democracy in the UAW when they would do their voting um, where not everybody got, it wasn't one member, one vote. 
right? It wasn't yeah. one and member, that one changed, vote. Right? That's that what changed, changed just and, this year. Um, when, yeah, that changed this year, which led directly to, um, ultimately led directly to the uh, election of Sean Fain. But first of all, it led to the creation of a of a like a inter party. Uh, in the UAW called UAWD, which stands for Unite All Workers for Democracy. So Unite All Workers for Democracy, they were able to like push now because they had all of this like line level member support and drive for somebody that was really pro pro worker like Sean Fain. So it was that little tweak in the way that their democracy functioned that allowed for all of these radical changes to come down the, down, down the pipe, which is kind of like the theme of our episode. Yeah, so it kind of works out great. That is fantastic. Uh, that is one of the great benefits of unions going to that. Of you actually right. have that say. They brought democracy back to it. Yes, which is something uh, we know is very much needed right now in the United States, more than just at work. But that yep. speaking of that at work, there's democracy at work. If you are interested in these topics and you've never heard of democracy at work. I'm not going to say all of it is great and every last video you'll ever find will be amazing. No, but there's definitely a lot of good stuff to be heard from that's democracy the, uh, at work. that's the Richard Wolf stuff, right? Yes. And yeah. fucking, you know, mid. it's not, no, I'm just nothing, <laughs> nothing's perfect. You no. know what I mean? But like, there's a lot of good information that you might get even from hearing something he says that you disagree with. Yeah. At least it's near that conversation. It's he a very went, interesting um, thing to, to watch. <laughs> he went a little bit viral yesterday or the day before on Reddit. I don't know if you know, if you saw that there was a, a couple of posts that popped up in mainstream subs that were like, <laughs> it was like a two minute um, discussion of Richard Wolf describing just literally just describing how stocks work and shareholders work. But describing it from a, a Marxist lens so that at the end of the two minutes, you're like, oh, wow, that's a ripoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> like, so that's what. Uh, it's the power of dialectical material thinking. Yes. So that's what I mean. Like, he's one of those guys. Not everyone's going to love him. No. Just how I feel. There's a lot of people that I listen to. You know the one I'm thinking of exactly. <laughs> Yeah. That I don't love the person, but I do like a lot of their takes and a yeah. lot of at least the news I can get from them. Doesn't mean yep. I have to love them as a person, but you I'm know, not. It to is be honest, I'm is. not a huge fan of Richard Wolf. I, I, no. I he's just not like, perfect. Yeah, he's just not like great. On a, on, like you said, like on that human level, like something about the way that he talks, I'm just like. <laughs> but, but i also he's, yeah he's i i kind of get those vibes too of like if he wasn't such a wealthy man who can say and do whatever he wants would he right. have these views right. like yeah i don't know but you can get a lot of good information from yeah. democracy at work so and honestly i don't even care i'll, I'll love all class traders you know you know <laughs> i mean <laughs> <laughs> right I like gotta even love every day when you wake up and look in the mirror yeah, look at this stud. <laughs> You're like, that's the most beautiful class trader I've ever seen. I right know. Right. All uh, right, so that's good Good stuff with UAW. You got any other uh, updates or anything for us, or what are we thinking? Uh, I mean, I wish, I wish we had more to say about Gaza right now I, and even the international court. Uh, 
I wish there was more to be yeah. sure about right now because it's up right. in the air how things are going to play out. Like I keep having days where I get hope, like, and then I think about it and I'm like, man, even if the court decides it, who enforces that court's decision? Right. And will they? Mm. I also you know, just, like just want to say it's back and forth. I decided finally since our last episode to watch some of the proceedings and um and literally immediately upon watching, I was like, oh, there's no fucking way this is gonna be anything worthwhile because they're they're literally wearing fucking like powdered wigs. <laughs> that's how you made your decision yeah because there's 100%. still people in powdered wigs. well i mean if you want to talk about like look if you want to talk about like western bias like we can talk about each individual oh lawyer that's God. up there and talk about like the western bias that they might have but when you're literally at like a fucking like a halloween party the theme of which is <laughs> british imperialism it's really hard to like make a case against like <laughs> imperial settler yeah. colonialism you know of, like you know who's gonna stop the imperialists is the imperialists yeah, these guys uh, in fucking powdered wigs definitely gonna get it done. <laughs> hey, but I mean, one of the most famous uh, renditions of an empire was right. the guy, the number two in power, helped overthrow the empire. Dude, imagine when if Darth it was... Vader was just like, oh, "I'm gonna throw you off this thing." Oh, you know, man. if only we could have that storybook ending. Dude, just imagine if it was like the other way around and like uh and uh the like alternate history and the International Court of Justice was based on like African tribal traditions and you got like lawyers with straight up like just like <laughs> Oh, they're like no. shaved they're like yeah just oh just, <laughs> stop just stop right now just but I, okay <laughs> but I'll joke all jokes aside yeah there was it was cool to at least see the amount of clips pulled from it of amazing speakers like standing up and saying it because even if we can't make that decision in the court there might be americans who maybe see a clip and hear someone passionately talking about the horrors that are happening there and it might yeah. change some normal people's minds some the average person who might just see one of those clips the thing that kind of makes them go oh yeah that's that's not good like yeah you know that might happen but at the same time, they might see the fucking powdered wigs and think it's a fake TV show. Like, <laughs> right. Right. it's so funny, dude. Yeah. Just, when I saw that, I was like, wait, whoa, hold up. Just <laughs> imagine if every that? lawyer had to start their opening statement by like clicks. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh. look, I'll say, I'll say this, like. It would. It it sounds like I'm being really mean here, but I know that a court that was framed that way would provide more justice for these people. <laughs> Just like hands down. But it is a funny thing to think about. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> oh my god! Sorry, it bro. is. It is definitely a funny thing to think about. <laughs> um, did you also see? There was a video that kind of went viral. I did see it on Reddit, but I also saw it on Instagram. And it was an old clip of Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about old 
Arabic things talking about Baghdad. And it's, it's like an older clip, I believe from not long after like 2004. Is this the one where he goes in to describe like the reason algebra is called algebra, like where he talks about, you know, the clip. Yes. I saw that clip when it came out. I'm going to age myself horribly like an old yeah. man, but like, Oh, it's, it's old. I remember old. that. I remember that clip. <laughs> and I was it's like, old. damn, Neil deGrasse Tyson's based. And now he's but, like every year posting the same thing about kissing himself in the mirror. You know what happened to that? Which guy? I mean, it's kind of funny. Oh, whatever. oh yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I have the same feeling as you. I don't love him more for that. Right. Uh, right. yeah. Neil, no, Neil, I know Neil's <laughs> listening. We want you on the show. So dude, you're if Neil deGrasse Tyson somehow heard this and we could get him on the show, Dude, he's I would walk for him. sure. I would welcome him with open arms. He would be fun to talk to. Why he not? would be fun. Like, he would be fun to talk. I would wrestle someone, him too. Because he's be like a smart, wrestler or whatever. Yeah. But he has to wear his singlet when yes. he comes on. The singlet, dude. I was thinking like Greco Roman, oil it up. Oh he's an attractive man, you know? Even better. You know what? Yeah. I'll give him that. He is a great face for science. Like, he is. And he has just that right amount of like he genuinely is nerdy. And hey, I love Neil, that. I'll be your mayor, hey. baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Oh, that's uh, that's good stuff. All right, so um today I think we wanted to talk um a little bit about democracy in general, right? Yeah. Is that what we're uh, going for? Yeah, the and even just to like the the idea behind it was us thinking of things we could talk about and me thinking back to a conversation where this was one of my first uh big ones with switching my views i guess or as i discovered my views i think is a better way of uh wording it but democracy was up there with like how does democracy work like yeah you can talk about materialism all you want and theory but like what about putting democracy into practice after a revolution and how do you set it up? But uh, I think it's important for Americans to remember the Princeton study in 2004, August, 2004 on uh, the politics department of Princeton university. It's called inequality and democratic responsiveness. Who gets what they want from government? Right. This paper came out in 2004 essentially debunking the myth of america being a democracy right Uh, break it down for us what is that what is this paper saying i decided this is a great example of uh why we need to think about different ways of doing democracy because this is a study on our own american democracy 2004 came out uh so it's this guy Gillens, I think is how you pronounce it, G-I-L-E-N-S. But he examines the extent to which different social groups find their policy differences reflected in actual government policy in the variation of these patterns across time and policy domains. So really, for example, like when Americans with low and high incomes will disagree on a policy, like our policy outcomes more likely to reflect the preferences of affluent Americans. Uh, if so, does the advantage of these more affluent Americans differ over time? Like depending on party controls, uh, like is their party they affiliate with 
the party that's in Congress has the majority in Congress or elected president right now. Uh, and it, does this go across all policy domains like Republicans or Democrats in the population more are, or are they more likely to get policies they prefer when their party is in control or not in control? Uh, because his database contains policy preferences broken down by income, education, partisanship, sex, race, region, religion, and union and non-union status, he'll be able to address the multitude of questions concerning responsiveness to public preferences. So, before I continue just reading this long summary, like, essentially, it breaks down after that. I'll do the short version that this goes from a large amount of national survey questions from 1992 to 98. Uh, and it's asking people their preferences, their income to get all this information. So he has all of the actual data that you would need to do a fair judgment of it. Like I yeah. would say at least, but for sure, essentially when Gillen's looks separately, at respondents with different incomes, he finds the higher an individual's income is, the more likely it is that the government policy will reflect his or her preferences. This relationship, however, does not increase in a linear fashion. The difference between poor and middle-income Americans is modest compared with the difference between middle and high incomes. Like, if you think you're middle-class in America, in the eyes of the rich, you're broke still, essentially. Like, you're still that same class as the poor, essentially, even though you think you're not. It's kind of an illusion is what that's saying, <laughs> like, which is crazy to me to imagine. Uh, so, in other words, it is not that the poor are especially less likely than middle-income Americans to get what they want, but that the rich are more likely to see their preferences reflected in government policy. Gillen's results show that even compared even the comparatively modest level of government responsiveness to the preferences of poor and middle-income Americans is largely a reflection of the instances where those preferences are shared by the rich. Yep. <laughs> of course, when I consider only those policy issues where the preferences of high and medium-income respondents diverge, I find huge biases, huge biases in responsiveness favoring the well-off. Insane. Like a Princeton Princeton University study. Yeah. This vast discrepancy in government responsiveness to citizens with different incomes stands in stark contrast to the ideal of political equality that Americans hold so, 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 so dear. <laughs> like, right. like they'll they'll rave about it all day. So although perfect political equality is unrealistic, representational biases of this magnitude call into question the very democratic character of our society. There you go. Like, so this is 20 Ultimately, years ago now, coming yeah. up on 20 years in a few months. This is proving, like, if you are 1%, your opinions matter more than anyone else. Way more. Yeah. And, and it, it, people shouldn't be surprised by this. You know, like th this is, this is what capitalism is. 
when when you it's it's advanced feudalism (laughs) right i mean there's a group of 500 to maybe 2000 people in the united states who if they want something it happens yeah which no matter what a very small number of people yeah and if those and if those people happen to want some of the same things that poor people want that's great for poor people but if they don't then poor people get the shafts you know and it, it and that that just shows that while on paper our democracy may look great you know you write down the way that our voting works you write down the way that our elections work and you look at it and you say wow that is going to work awesome but in yeah, practice it does look like it should be awesome <laughs> right in practice it does look like it should be awesome but in it practice like we can see the results and if you if you only look at like the paper you're missing the the whole point of democracy the whole point of democracy is to provide the most amount of benefit to the most amount of people as much as possible you know like let's spread the wealth around you know let's let's make sure that everybody's happy and healthy and getting what they want that's what democracy is about and so if the results aren't giving you you know if, if the things that are coming out are not the results that you want if you're putting something into this system on paper and the results that are coming back out the other way are not working for the vast majority of people or enough people, then there's clearly something wrong, you know? And, yeah. and like Paul said, this is 20 years ago. This study came out. Yeah. How a much Princeton worse has our democracy gotten study. since then? You know? And um, I imagine it, like that study, I don't know if you remember it coming out. I only remember because I had, you know, we all have a couple teachers. We were like, they were actually awesome. I had a teacher who had us look at that in a, I think it was civics class or something. Right. But like we, that's the only reason I knew of it then. I can't imagine most people even know of that study. 20 years ago. I don't think it had that much like news or anything. I remember it coming out because it was my 60th birthday when it came out. Your 20 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. It was... It was not like my freshman, geez, yeah, like my freshman year of high school civics class. Man, even Paul's younger wow. than me. What a wow! Old, um, but speaking like, of cool studies, how many sorry, people? Go ahead. But that's my thing: is how many people do you think even know of that study, and do they have to? I think the vast majority of Americans know that that study is true. Like, we know what we want is not happening. We know so, politicians lie. My whole life, uh, people have made those jokes. Yeah. So why do we just let it happen? I'm of two. <laughs> I'm of two minds, though. I think that. Um, have you ever uh, Have you ever read the book Capitalist Realism, or Capital yeah. Realism, Capitalist Realism, something like that? You, yeah, you and I discussed that once. I think. Okay, so uh, I think the issue with this, and every time I, I, I think for the few first few years after that study came out, I did try and bring it up with people. Maybe the reaction would be different now, 20 years on. But when it came out, uh, I would talk to people that were not, that were conservative or were, or at the time were not like happy with government. And the reaction that I always get was like visceral defense. Like it was like, well, you know, and it probably didn't help that I was trying to what? bring up other countries at the time, like to compare it yeah. with. Wait, are you... Let me just take one wild <sighs> guess what country Craig may have compared it to. 
I'm going to try to avoid that as much as possible. It oh. will come up at the point, this point in yeah. this episode. But So then um, Craig starts talking to him in Mandarin. And <laughs> it's weird, dude. It's weird that the... Um, it's weird that the pipe fitter, or no, it's weird that the uh, the plumber that I had over my house didn't want to talk to me about how uh, Xi Jinping is the greatest leader of all time. <laughs> yeah, that's. You would think like anyone would want to have that conversation, right? That's so weird that he didn't want to have that conversation with me. He got all offended and called me a I, commie. I wonder <laughs> if can you guess who I was imagining you were doing that to? Who I can't guess who. I don't know. I don't want to make you have to edit it all. I can cut it out. I don't care. I'm good at. Oh, I'm just yeah. picturing you. Yeah. Oh no. Going and then being like, so what do you think of this study? Dude, I've actually, I have. <laughs> we're gonna bleep his name out, but I actually have had yeah. um, multiple conversations about because, Chinese democracy with that person. Because um, as soon as you it said they had a visceral reaction, I could picture him. <laughs> just oh (laughs) the first time it was like that with that person but since then i think i'm making some headway you know (laughs) pretty soon he's going to be begging xi jinping for some j22 (laughs) Chengdu fighters to take down the oppressive united states government any moment all right (laughs) oh man yeah he'll make that he'll make that switch Right, for sure. Um, He's he's talked to me about, like, you know, one day I'll just have my own farm. We'll all live off the land as a community. (sighs) I'm like, you're so close. You... You have half the word right there. Yeah, dude. The same root of the word. I almost want to take people like that, and I want to be like, all right, all right, this is what I want to do. I want you to... I want you to imagine yourself on that farm, you know, doing all this, and then I want you to go back in time, like, five years before that, and tell me, like what steps need to be taken for you to get there because you know when you play when you play that out you end up in the middle of a communist state (laughs) yeah you're like yeah by the end you're like so now that my commune is built wait what (laughs) how did i get here how did did i end up in a commune yeah and we're all so happy (laughs) no but to to go back to it i i think um i would get like a visceral defensive reaction because it's like Everybody can feel anybody who believes really strongly in liberal democracy. That's not me just to be clear, but anybody who (laughs) who does believe like, Oh, liberal democracy is the greatest thing that since sliced bread. If you, if you talk to them about that, they get like, that's hitting somewhere very, very close to their like ideological core. So they kind of have to like push back. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like I can't do that. You know, like, I don't, I don't completely agree. Like, uh, things are bad, but I don't completely agree that I have no say, you know, they have and to. I think, yeah. And I think that's partly like once you hit a certain like demographic in age, not to be an ageist, but like, it's partly how people have grown up to believing like, did believing so damage. strongly in like, we are the good guys spreading democracy and freedom everywhere as we put in like fascist regimes across the globe they're like we're bringing them democracy and like we don't bring it when we occupy and we don't leave them with it either so i don't know where this idea of like and we've never seen a fascist (laughs) right-wing dictator that we didn't immediately want to supply with weapons and and money right it's (laughs) actually no one (laughs) 
Who? Juan. Actually, no, they, no, because immediately they were like, oh, we have like IBM and all these people that can help you set up these concentration oh, camps. Oh, so never say, mind. So yeah, never yeah. Mind. Immediately no, no, don't get me started like, on yeah, World War II. Because like... then they got to a point where they're like, shit. <laughs> The rest yeah. of the world's watching. They're going to lose. Well, well, I guess we join that side. Not even only that, too, but if you look at... Oh, God, I'm going to get off on a, such a fucking yeah, no, no, weirdo no, no, no. Let's not, because then we're going to talk about Pearl Harbor for an hour. Uh, move on. Okay, move I'm on. sorry. Because Pearl just, Harbor just was like my first... The, look at like all the, the packs that, that yeah. Stalin tried to make yeah. with the West against the Nazis. Look, look into yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, look into the quotes of Hitler talking about how amazingly... The U.S. purged these people <laughs> from their land. Yeah, like oh. man, we're gonna try to do as well as they did. Anyway, uh, like, uh, yeah. Before uh, we, d- yeah, we'll completely Pearl derail Harbor. everything. Yeah, my my original Gulf of Tonkin, which is my original nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it's uh, it's interesting that you brought up studies because I I have some studies. I would um, love to hear another study. I don't know how many listeners would ever read studies like this so since i'm a nerd who does love it yeah. i love to share it with people like here's what you need to know here's yeah. what that study said because they're like, tough to read <laughs> i like to um i like to break things down sometimes into like um like i said before like no matter how it looks on paper whatever you put in you have to evaluate the output you know yeah. and um if the output is not providing the proper results, what tends to happen is people start like kind of losing faith in the system on paper. You know, if you keep trying the same thing on paper over and over again and you keep getting the results that you don't want, you start losing faith in that. Right. So there was a study by Dahlia research. Um, I, don't, I can't remember what year it is. Uh, and it was just a simple survey and there was, um, two questions. The questions, uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to paraphrase them, but it essentially was like, in your country, do you believe that, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I shouldn't, par- I shouldn't paraphrase it that way because that's incorrect. The, the way that, it, that I should paraphrase it is, you personally, do you believe that democracy is important? Okay, that was one question. And the other question was, do you believe that your country is democratic? And they did this survey of uh, a lot of different countries all over the world, right? I want to read some of the results for you. Um, Germany, is democracy important? 85% of respondents said yes. Uh, is your country democratic? 67% said that it was. It's higher Japan. than I thought they would have gotten. <laughs> yeah, me too. Japan, um, do you believe that democracy is important? 60% said yes, which is tells you a lot about Japan. Wait, uh, what? It's only 60% Only 60%. Yes? Yeah. If you're not Japan-filled, we're going to do an episode on Japanese. fascism in, in Japan. Japanese um, are weird, man. They're their own <laughs> whole thing. I don't know. Uh, and then the, as far as my country is democratic, 46% said yes. Um, Brazil, do you believe democracy is important? 83% said yes. 51% believed their country is democratic. Uh, what year? The, the year on this, I, I, I don't know. I, I just okay. took notes here. I would sorry. just I'd be have curious to, have to look what point that was for Brazil. Because I'll put, depending on when they would ask yeah. Brazil that, Brazil, yeah, it could totally. be vastly Total different shit show, answers. Yeah. It could be all over the place. <laughs> that could um, be a whole nother episode. <laughs> the last two that I want to focus on, United States. Do you believe democracy is important? 73% said yes. 
Do you believe your country is democratic? 49% said yes. And then the last country that I want to say, People's Republic of China, do you believe democracy is important? (laughs) 84% said yes. (laughs) Do you believe your country is democratic? 73% said yes. It was the highest out of any country surveyed. They believe that that, uh, their country is democratic. And the reason for that is simple. Honestly, like I I will say this until I'm, I'm red in the face. It doesn't even matter if there was, it doesn't even matter if there was any democratic system at all because of the, like the dynamic, because of the dynamic that I just described at the beginning of this, whereas wherein um, the results are what like drives your answer to this. The the people of China have been getting incredible results for the past 30 years from the system that they're using. So if they're asked, like, do you believe this is democratic? They're like, yeah, all the things that I want are coming true. I'm getting better wages. I'm getting, you know, my quality of life is vastly improved. I have an incredible amount of infrastructure spending. I have an incredible amount of spending on the things that I care about. So yeah, democracy is great. And my country is democratic. Whether it is or not, doesn't matter. Uh, in my opinion, because I'm a, uh, I'm a dialectical materialist, like that doesn't matter to me. I mean, it's great that it is, I believe that it is democratic, but like ultimately the results speak for themselves. You know, if the people are getting what they want, boom, that's it. That's, I mean, democracy is a tool, right? It's not an ornament to set on a shelf. If it's not delivering results, it doesn't matter, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I feel on, on that study. And without even getting too crazy about China, we can even look at like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we can even look at the UK, right? Because you'll hear a lot of people that'll say like places Which like the China UK or is an interesting one to look at because they still have like a monarchy bits and pieces of yeah, like the monarchy. Yeah. yeah. But mixed. That's a very interesting democracy. And I think if right you there. talk to people in the United States, as opposed to a lot of other countries, you know, where I've had these conversations with people, if you talk to people in the United States about like what it means to be democratic or what democracy is, a lot of them will be like, well, we get to vote for our president. You know, they don't do that in communist China. They don't do that in, you know, these, these, these crazy lefty states, these crazy commie states, you know, we're, we're (laughs) democratic because we get to vote for our president. First of all, that's not true. Yeah, that's, we're clearly seeing that because if that were true, our two choices wouldn't always be the crazy two choices we end up with. And also the two choices that we get, our vote literally does not count for that. Like our vote literally doesn't count for that. Like the only count, the votes that matter are the electoral college. And if you don't believe me, go look at the 2000 election, you know, 2000, literally the other guy won, Al Gore won the election. Like, and the votes didn't matter. What mattered was the Electoral College. So, so but no. also, like, if we had Gore Lieberman, though, I mean, <laughs> right. right. I know. I mean, I, that, look, again, the choice is maybe would have been a little better, but tub yeah. of mayonnaise but versus a tub of mayonnaise, yeah. you know. But that's the thing is, like, it's always that. And it's, it's not like as far as president goes, it's not democratic. What's but also, so... how much power does that American president have at four years? I'm worried about what are senators, House of Representatives, like what are, what are these people doing and yeah. how do we elect them? That and matters too. That does matter too. Like and very much. I think it's also really interesting that if you ask an average American if the, the United Kingdom is a democracy, they'll say yes. 
you know, they'll say, oh yeah, it's a democracy, but they, they don't vote. Like they explicitly don't vote for their prime minister, you know, like their system. Doesn't parliament vote for it? Yeah. So it's like they, they, you vote for a party and that party makes all the nominations that they want for themselves. They make all the choices. Yeah. So, and I'm probably getting that partially Uh, wrong but it's weird but but (laughs) here's what i'll say if you're gonna like hop in the comments and try and connect uh correct me about the democracy in the uk who fucking cares i don't care (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't give a shit i would i would never study that system of turf island right um like fuck them like how does that tiny island become such a big deal anyways fuck them fuck them yeah but so like makes so it's weird that like that America will like identify a democracy based on whether they can vote for their leader, unless it's like the white guys that we like f- over in the UK. You know, like they don't vote for their leader, and yet they're still a democracy somehow. So, yeah, it, it's just a real weird standard that they have. But are you trying to say we're finding out Americans aren't really a democracy? <laughs> I, yeah, I Whoa. mean, the study said it itself. I mean, you know, we, this, we're on 20 years now of proven. studies. Yeah, so do you not think in the last 20 years it would have gotten any better? Or do you think it would have snowballed out of control to a ridiculous right. state where somehow we're literally debating for, well, now not anymore, but we're debating on whether or not Ron DeSantis should be a nominee for a presidential election like this is not real no no real democracy would put that weird dude in that position sometimes i lay in bed at night and i think about 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 ron DeSantis, and i just fucking you know take a clean jerk off real quick no um i lay in bed and i think like i cannot believe that we are racing into 2024 right now and our options are ultimately going to be 8,000-year-old man that hates Muslim people yeah, and who just immigrants. love Zionism. And, and then Trump. No, I'm just, <laughs> see, the funny part is nobody even knows which one I'm talking about. Yeah. Because they're so fucking yeah. similar. You know? Not, like, not, not my guy. My guy wouldn't My guy loves. My yeah. guy. No, but like Not literally we have like two people that are just like human pieces of shit. One yeah. that is actively committing and promoting and f- and pushing for genocide. There's literally like blood frothing out of his yeah. mouth as he sniffs children. And the other one is like <laughs> this horribly failed businessman that has like 25 open rape cases and like what yeah. are we doing like, guys if you try the, and call us democracy you're fucking insane yeah the only good thing i stand by from donald trump ever was the like peeing, peeing on some russian girls like right i mean it's you, know, you only live once you might as well Let try it, it. you yeah. know try try everything yeah. <laughs> no no the only to me, the only but good like, thing about uh, about Trump happened before he was even president, and it was his nine eleven tweet. It was like one of the greatest <laughs> tweets ever. Or there was the tweet, dude. There's another. I think second place for me is the tweet where he was talking about um, uh, Elizabeth Warren's husband. Do you remember that one? I don't remember what he said, but I remember that being a thing. Um, hold on. What this was is really it? Good radio again, but I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. Uh, 
that's where we need a soundboard where we can just play some silly music to laugh yeah. at the fact that you're looking that up. All right, so Jamie, uh, did you look that up? What's it say, <laughs> Jamie? Jamie, Jamie, pull that what up. What's it say? Jamie, pull it up. Jamie, hurry the shit up. Pull it up. <laughs> um, I got it pulled up. All right. Oh, no, thank zoom, you, Jamie. Zoom in there. Zoom in. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is a, a Trump from uh, or a, a Trump a tweet this from is Donald a Trump J. Trump from tweet. You're right. This is a this Trump from on tweet. X. Um, <laughs> no. So like my my favorite like pre president Trump tweet was the one about 9/11. If you don't know it, go look it up. It's hilarious. You'll laugh. The second one. This is President Trump tweet. This is in 2019. He tweeted. Best line in the Elizabeth Warren beer catastrophe is to her husband, thank you for being here. I'm glad you're here. It's their house. He's supposed to be there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, dude. Yeah. Uh, see, that is where I don't know if I've said it to you on the pod before, but like ever since I saw people adding Seinfeld music to Trump talking, that's where we really messed up. Like, oh yeah, the guy is a stand-up comedy genius for sure. But does that make him presidential material? No. But no. do I want to watch him get up and make fun of more people? Oh Absolutely. My God. So I badly. Do. I'm like, so mad that he hasn't been any, like, any of these debates yet. You know. Yeah. Like that is what I think we've been missing out on. Is I want to see him debate people because, like, if I'm gonna have to deal with him running, I at least want the entertainment of that <laughs> yeah it's so good oh man but yeah it looks like this beautiful democracy everyone says we have is turning up a little dry this year just like every year since i've been legal age to vote it's yeah it's been that that classic south park joke of was it like a shit sandwich and turd sandwich a, a and giant something. or yeah a giant douche know. like it's giant always douche, yeah, just two people that were like what's well, the lesser of two evils like that's not the best we can do if we're no. this amazing glorious democracy and freedom and liberty and america why aren't we fighting to like have actual freedom liberty and democracy like yeah we're not fighting for those in reality we're fighting to let some people keep those things is what ends up happening is some people get to keep doing whatever they want and they have the funds to do whatever they want yeah and that is what it's turned into and my question to you becomes since a lot of people probably have no idea uh you can pick any other democracy you want i know yeah. what you're gonna choose because yeah. you have loyalty and probably blood written somewhere on a contract yeah. uh <laughs> but uh is there <laughs> Uh, is there a good example of maybe how a democracy might work somewhere else? Like that might be set up a little different from how we do it. There, I think that there are, look, I, I want to start by saying that, um, democracy in my eyes is something that is different for different people. But I think, again, what's really important about it is that it provides results, right? And, I, and well, you'll hear me yeah, say this often. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you talk to me long enough, at some point you'll hear me say the phrase democracy is not an ornament. 
if you Google that phrase, you'll understand where it comes from. Um, But democracy truly is Google that phrase and read all and read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But democracy is not an ornament. Right. And it it needs to be a tool. And and some tools work great for certain things and some tools work great for other things. And if I think about like democracy as a tool, the things that it needs to work for are the cultures in question. Right. And and so I'm not going I'm going to I'm going to tell you about my favorite democracy and the way that it works a little bit. But I don't believe that you can like copy and paste that system into America. I don't think that it works that way. But there's a lot of good ideas that you can pull from it. Exactly. There's a lot of things in there that work really well that could help strengthen our democracy in ways that we have never seen before in our entire lives. So uh, if we look at – I'm not even going to put a name on it yet, but I will at some point. So Everyone knows. I know. (laughs) All right. If you think, if you imagine that, that there was a government that worked for you, right? To me, that would mean that I have like easy access to the levers of power. I have the ability to express my concerns and have them heard and, um, and, and have that done at a a very local level, right? Like the way that our system works here in the United States, if I want anything significant done, I need to go way up the echelons of power. to like a Senator, not just a state Senator, but like an actual Senator. And And if I like a letter writing campaign, that'll totally work. Right. So if I want like anything serious to happen, I need to go way high up to get anything serious done. And if I need anything, um, if I, if I feel like I can actually affect any change, on something it's going to be way at the low level where like they have almost no power to actually make any change. So it's like this weird situation where you're in where like, yeah, I do have local representatives. Like I have local County representatives that I can talk to, but can they make my life materially, materially better? Almost no, almost no shot, you know, of them doing anything materially. So like imagine it's with zoning laws, (laughs) but like what they're not, they're not doing real policy at a large, they're not going to be able to like pass poverty alleviation. You know, they're not going to be able to like, no, (laughs) do anything significant, you know, give me free education or healthcare or anything like that. They can't, they can't even come close to anything like that. Right. No, but imagine like we need a new light in this area. I need to stop sign over here because we got a deaf kid that lives down the street, you know? Yeah. Um, That's what they're good for, which is a great, which is fantastic. That's that's required. And we need that. And it's amazing. But, but I also leaves us without access to more. Right. And I wish that there was somebody like in my neighborhood that I knew that I could speak to about the, the, the real issues that I have in our, our current governing system. Right. Like I could go and be like, look, like there are people that are, that are being dropped off by hospitals, dying at homeless shelters, you know, being after being discharged, there are people that are going bankrupt due to medical bills or, or, um, uh, school, uh, whatever, uh, school debt, you know, uh, and there's nobody here like that, but there is a system in another country in China where <laughs> if you he look at the number, <laughs> right. If you look at the number of party members <clears throat> in China that belong to, um, the, um, the communist party of China, when you break it down to like total population, there's about, uh, one in every 20, one in every 19, sometimes it, you know, the populations vary, but you know, it, it's never going to be more than about one in 30 people are a member of the communist party of China when you live in China. And 
that doesn't mean that all of them are like continuously elected officials, but being a, a party member in China is a significantly different thing than being a party member here in the United States. It's almost, it's almost entirely a career that you can do by itself. It, it requires a, a, a lot of, um, it, it requires a lot of work to be a part of the party in China. You, there are requirements for how much work you need to give to the party, the things that you need to do. Um, so it's a significant undertaking. It's more than just like signing out a little form and sending it away. Boom. Now I'm a Democrat. And that's all I have to do for four years, you know? Um, so there are a lot of party members right in your neighborhood when you live in China and, and not all of them are elected, like I said, at all times, but all of them have some sway in the party. All of them have the ear of the party because they are the party, you know, like they, they understand that and they, and they meet and they discuss the needs of the people that they're supposed to be governing over. That's part of their, that's part of their thing. You know, they're, they're constantly educating themselves, they're educating the population and they're trying to listen to what the people are saying so they can pass that up the chain. And then when, when it comes to like the specific issue of democracy in China, I think this is really important. And it's something that um, I wish we could do in the United States. The way that they elect their president is, and first of all, they don't really have a president, but I mean, I'm kind of splitting hairs here, Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> um, the way that they elect like their heads of state are so different than ours, but they work so well because that they're, they're like a bottom up formation. There are five different levels in, of government in China. And it starts at kind of like that more neighborhood or like what we would understand here in the United States as like a county level. So there's kind of like that county level government or neighborhood level government. And then you just kind of go up from there to, you know, your state level kind of thing, your provincial level, your regional level, all the way up to your national level. Um, and what happens is the, the bottom two rungs of that government, the most local ones are the only ones that you are able to vote for. Right. And so you, but those are people, if it's one in 30 that yeah. you live very close you to, live close to, so you, you know them, them or you have yep. a better understanding of who they are, what their neighborhood might they be. They know like, you, they know your family. How they were brought up. They know what kind of jobs people there are working. They know the area that they're representing very well. Right. And what happens is you elect those people and I, I know I shouldn't even have to say this because, but there are elections in China. There might be some people <laughs> listening that don't believe this, but there, there are elections in China and, um, but it, there's just not a presidential election. There's these, yeah. these local elections where you get to, you know, in your neighborhood, in your group of people that, you know, you get to elect somebody, not that you think is, um, the most charismatic, although sometimes that person wins, you know, not the person that campaigns the best, not the person that has like all this money to throw on all these campaigns. No, you elect somebody in your neighborhood that, or, or in your, your little County that, you know, understands the issues that you and your community are facing. And number two, that you think will be able to um, push for those things. Right. Yeah. So you elect that person. And all the other counties and neighborhoods in the country do the same. And what happens is in that, that neighborhood that is elected, the neighborhood next door, they, they elect somebody, they elect somebody, they elect, 
those people that all get elected in a, in a, in a county or in like a state, they create like a, a, a council, a committee, right? And then those people get together and they elect the person above them. Who among us has the best grasp on what it is that we're looking for from our citizens that brought us here? And they elect that person, right? And then now that person goes across the, the, the country or the region in this, in this case, and they all do the same calculation. Who should we nominate and elect for that? And that person goes up and up five times, like I said. And once you get to that final place, that person says those people, they get together, they're the highest organ of government in China. They come together and say, who do we choose to represent the entire country? And that's how you end up with somebody like Xi Jinping, who is in power right now, who I think is probably the, one of the, the greatest leaders of all time, as far as like peaceful democratic leaders go. You know, I, I think there are some yeah, way better leaders. Yeah, put your boner away. I know. I think, there's, <laughs> I think there's some But I mean, like, look, you can say whatever you want about Xi Jinping and people will say that and people are listening to this saying, okay, Craig's crazy again. You know, this is the second episode in a row. He's really lost his marbles. Yeah, but um, he never but had like, him to begin with. But again, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jokes on you. I've yeah, been crazy yeah. my entire life. Yeah, and um, we don't want him. Yeah, <laughs> but like the ultimately, like what he you have chosen, to remember, though, despite how everyone in the U.S. feels like he's a dictator that took his power. No, like he was no. chosen. <laughs> he is. He is like the most popular leader China has ever had. Um, yeah he's probably the most popular leftist or communist leader in history, except maybe, um, maybe, um, Lula, Lula might be Lula. Yeah. Lula is extremely popular. Um, although, but anyways, be, not based on numbers, but based on pure love, there was another yeah. one who was definitely beloved in Which his one are you beautiful thinking? country I mean, of Cuba. Million. Oh, I know. <laughs> Fidel, he's still right in my now. heart, dude. Yeah. Castro, that, people adored Castro. Oh, wait, you're talking about Justin Trudeau's father? <laughs> <laughs> Justin's dad. Justin's uh, dad. And before we get into more about how much you want to suck <laughs> a Chinese leader's dick, uh, yeah. I just want to point out if you remember at the beginning when we talked about UAW. If you think about how union democracy works and how unions would like for democracy in the workplace to be, yeah. it has a lot of similarities. wild similarities with what you just explained of like, especially in a workplace, who best to decide the leader of a team in this department than the team that does it every day and right. they can choose among themselves hey, this person has it figured out more than any of us, and he'd probably be good at this role where people usually know, like, I wouldn't be good at doing that, but I'm good at this. Right. And then those people can elect, you know, like, here's exactly. this man, this person should be the manager over all the departments. Like, I think it's notable it's that... It's oddly similar, Craig, and that happens here in the U.S. every day. So before you be like, oh, that's how China does it. Right. Like, in, unions do this in the workplace yes. every yes. day in America. Yes. And it's notable. It's notable that those two systems, which are similar, end up providing better results. Like, yes, they get like, results because 
it's organized and the people have a say and yes. if the people get reasonable results to what they're asking for they tend to be a little happier and they don't cause more problems right well, just you know, imagine a for a second worker like, with solid pay and benefits is going to be a better worker what whole do you know? process um whole process people's democracy is is the the form of democracy that's practiced in china it's called whole process people's democracy it's um it's significantly what a different badass than, name <laughs> i know whole process people's democracy is awesome um it's a great name uh, I think Xi Jinping actually added the people's part. I believe before that Good. they had they Good just referred him. to it as whole process democracy, but Sounds whole better. process people's democracy is way better. Um, but the 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 point is, um, whole process people's democracy focuses on those results, right? And like, if you look at like I said, like the results that you get from the UAW and the results that you get from whole process people's democracy in China, you you end up with these 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 fantastic results and. Most importantly to me, like imagine if we had whole process people's democracy or some function of that here in the United States. Like if you're listening right now and you hate Biden or if you're listening right now and you hate Trump, I don't care who it is, right? Yeah. Either one's valid. <laughs> Either one's valid. Totally. I get your feelings. You're seen. You're heard. Um, uh, <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if you hate either of those Fox, right? Yeah. And you knew that like the dude – that lives like three streets over from you ultimately is responsible for keeping that person in power. Imagine how much more power you would have to get rid of him. You could go door to door yes. for the 150 houses in your neighborhood, the 300 houses in your neighborhood, even 500 houses in your neighborhood is not that big of a deal. If it like, if you hate this dude so much, you go door to door yeah. and be like, Hey, you hate this fucker too. You hate this fucker too. Okay. Let's go. We're going to march down to Johnny's house that we elected last year and be like, what the fuck are you doing? And Johnny's yeah. going to go, uh, you know, I, I, I just voted for this other dude above me and that dude elected, you know, Biden and, and Trump. And then you go, okay, so now here's your choice, Johnny. You either don't vote for that motherfucker, you vote <laughs> him out or we vote you out. Yeah. Period. End of story. You know, and, you and have, like, that's, that's how quickly you can shit actually happens. Like, connect. If we that. had whole process, like all those people that hate Biden right now, Biden has a 33% approval rating in the country right now, which is like the worst an incumbent president has ever had going into an election year. If we had whole process people's democracy in this country, he would not be in that position right now because 77% of the country, is that right? 67% of the country would, would go around and, and to their neighbors and be like, he's done. He's done. Yeah. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. And he'd be gone yep. like that, you know? So it's, it's powerful. It brings the power down to a people level, which is where it needs to be. Um, I don't know, man, I can go off. I can go off for a fucking hour and a half on this. <laughs> uh, I do have, but I have another question. I can't about... talk about dictatorships too, but go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Another question. Get out of my head. Let me let me ask the question. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't even know you're going there. <laughs> Jeez, it yeah. is about that dictator because, like, you know, just he's not like anyone he's else. I'm sure you had that growing up in school. I'm pretty sure they taught that like a dictator is never democratically voted; that they take power by force only, is how they portrayed it. Of like, right. he's not elected, he's not fit, he's a tyrant. So. One of the things that blew my mind is I like what kind of past would you say this quote unquote evil dictator of China has had? 
like leading up before he started serving in this uh, position he's in now. Yeah. What was so, Xi Jinping up to? Like, what what did he? What, what was, was his he? What was this evil dude that? like? Because yeah, because we know politicians in America are essentially like they were raised in generational wealth and yes, they like, have their be. whole life was that mentality. The most and they're elite. not acclimated with the average Joe, and we right. all know that we've known that for years. Right. So I'm curious. Uh, well, I'm not curious anymore. You've told me, but. Yeah, I would for the like viewers to hear that of like what what was his, I guess credentials. What was his life like? What was his background before he definitely so, took power? <laughs> I, I will say, um, um, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a pin in the other part about dictatorship that I was gonna talk about because and remind me, yeah, if in case because I forget, then that's kind of the next where I'm going is like what really is dictatorship? Not yes, our yes. Americanized, but like. Yeah actually we'll get put into practice well, let's talk those about, are two different definitions <laughs> yeah we'll talk about evil xi jinping and like how evil he was growing up right so i will yeah, say just that terrible. like compared to um compared to western leaders there are some similarities i i will um openly admit that like oh yeah so there's gonna xi be jinping's some. father was a um an important uh member of the party at one point um however he was kind of like disgraced, um, you know, during the, uh, I believe it was during the Deng Xiaoping, Xiaoping era. I believe that's when it ha- took place. He was kind of disgraced um, and, uh, and kind of like demoted. And so Xi Jinping, um, you know, growing up in that family was kind of seen as like the son of this person who used to be elite and is kind of no longer. Um, but Xi Jinping, like he, he put in the work to get to where he is. He, um, uh, I'm probably going to get some of the details wrong on this. It's been a minute. Uh, so, so bear with me, but <laughs> he, in order to, first of all, to, to get into the party, um, that's a, that's a long and and yeah. sometimes very difficult process. You don't just say, Hey, I'm this party. I'm in the party. Yeah. It, it's, it's, you know, it's like PSL in the United States, except like to the extreme where you can't just like, Oh, I'm in. I'm in. You know. So yeah. And if you don't know PSL, look it up too. <laughs> yeah, PSL is fantastic. Obviously, um, if you um, if you if you look at like his path, I b- I believe he failed to get in the first time or the second time, two times, multiple times. So he tried to get into the party. He was not accepted. He eventually was accepted, um, and he had to spend. Um, the party basically told him like, look, and they do this for for a lot of their members. If you want to lead, if you want to lead in this country, you need to understand the people. And so they sent him out to a a very rural countryside in order to represent the party there. And he wasn't living in like a luxurious estate in this rural area. No, he was like living amongst the people, seeing their everyday struggles, understanding the things that uh, drove them made them happy the things that were that were um, impeding their happiness the things that um, they needed help with and he spent and many years just there. not just on a report of like here's the demographic of this area and how they feel by age like he in person witnessed what their day-to-day life actually was like Right. Which right. I think and, is vastly different than like, I've read about this or 
I, yeah. I saw the numbers on this, but like, have you seen in a tangible way how these things affect their daily life? Yeah. Like when they wake up and you see them in town, like that's a, you get to know the struggle right. on a different level. Yeah. And the only reason he ends up getting into the position that he's in is because of how well tapped into that society that he was, you know, like he he's in, he's there, he's working with the people, he's working amongst the people, he's trying to understand what they need and they're voting for him because he's delivering, you know, he's going around, he's finding the things that need to be fixed and he's doing everything that he can in his power with the party, uh, you know, with the party behind him to try and fix those things. And those fixes eventually lead to him being, voted into the next highest rank voted into the next highest rank voted into the next highest rank until so eventually he was voted up more than once odd because i thought he had to take power to be a right. dictator yeah well i'm skipping over the part where he <laughs> uh he bombed the presidential palace and seized oh. power in a violent coup no, yeah, i'm just kidding of course, like that the never cia happened. got into a coup with him to overthrow yeah. yeah like that's you know that's one of the cool parts about whole process people's democracy is 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 that it is a meritocratic system it's like, it is a it's actual, like all these politicians if they're not doing well cannot keep going up those levels so right. you don't end up like someone might get in and maybe they'll make it up a level or two right but at some point people realize and they're like they're not okay, this isn't working for the people like for us we half the people don't probably know the actual policies a senator or a representative no has right. they're just i voted this way for president so i'm always voting democrat just look at nancy pelosi like, it's <laughs> I don't like, want to look at that. Everybody <laughs> left or right hates Nancy Pelosi. Ew. Like, and, and she's never really delivered anything important in her entire career. She's just been a career politician that just plays the game really well, but she's stayed in power and she, she grabbed the reins of some of the most powerful positions in our government simply because she has the right donors. She knows the yes. right people, not that's by delivering in any way. Like, if our democracy had more of a say like that, people like Ronald fucking Reagan would have done what they did in California. And people would have been like, we should mm, never yeah. give this guy a shot nah. at presidency. Right. Like that yeah. dude did some wild stuff even as a governor. So like that is just crazy to think that this person people think like is an evil dictator and that's not a democracy. He actually had to go through like winning over the people more times like in, in a real way than yeah any american politician has ever had to do yeah like you know, anything, one of my... he's more democratically voted in than any american politician you know my one of my favorite things about american politics is when politicians especially politicians on the left like bernie sanders start like promising things to their constituents like that you know they can't deliver on right well i mean yeah but also like they promise them and then the reaction that you get from the right is like oh they're or they're trying to bribe they're basically just bribing yeah. the population it's like bro what the fuck do you think this is like yeah yeah <laughs> if somebody tells me yeah i'm gonna make your life better 
Like, yeah, that's not, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, bro. That's not bribing. That's just delivering on promises, you fucking yeah, dumbass. That's just doing your job that you're being elected yeah. to do. Oh, I'm going to cut like, you a check so that you can fucking survive COVID? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are yeah. you bribing me now? Yeah. Like, that is one, though, like the healthcare, like you said, in America over the last 40 years, it is always been more than 50%. Sometimes it's been closer to 70%. Like for 40 years now, I've said they want some for some form of like universal, like universal healthcare like or something. And we've seen these fake like Obamacare shit and like where they presented as if like, that's what we're going to do. And then it turns out like, no, if you're like poor enough but like not poor enough to get Medicare, we might be able to help a little bit is. And it's like, wait, right. So for 40 years, we've wanted this. If we were a democracy, our elected representatives would find a way to make that happen. If that's what the majority really wanted. Right. And there's another option to get people healthcare in America, say, though, like, just by the way, we don't want it to be like Canada or whatever, this or that. It doesn't have to be like anything else. It can be our own, whatever we want to make it, it just yeah. needs to be different than it is now. The other way to get free healthcare in America is, um, if you're willing to go kill a bunch of Brown people oh, and then, yeah, yeah. and then come back yeah. and you get to like wait in line a lot. Yeah. We're like, that yeah, it's really, like I yeah. really like killing Brown babies. Can I have some free healthcare, please? Can I have some <laughs> college and like somebody to fix my broken leg, please? I killed enough kids. Yeah. Yeah, I killed a bunch of kids, and now I'm missing half of my leg. Yeah, can, can somebody take a look at this? Give funny? me some really bad healthcare. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll wait six hours in the waiting room. The other piece that I want to talk about is uh, about dictatorship. I think is important to understand for people that are um, yeah. are newer to the topic of um, like different forms of democracy. Because like um, like we I said earlier in America, the view of a dictatorship is always painted in the same light as like Mussolini, a far right, like fascist right. leader is how they, they paint it. Like it's just next to that. Like they're yeah. right there too. Like right. they're, they're like Hitler. Well, they try to do this still... thing. They try to do this thing with authoritarianism, which I yeah. hate. I hate the word. I hate the term. I hate everything about it uh, because yeah, it's really, because... it's, it's really just masking. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a it's a PR spin. The entire word, in my opinion, authoritarianism. Do you want to argue semantics spin. for an hour? Let's let's discuss this word for an hour because <laughs> I could a, with you on this. Honestly, but it's it's a PR spin on who controls the levers of power and to what end, right? Because the because look, the we man. just described we just described <laughs> to you at the beginning of this episode that um, you know for over twenty years now. The people that actually have control over what policies happen in this country are just the wealthy. They're yes. just the rich, right? So how is that not a dictatorship of the rich? Newsflash, it is a dictatorship of the rich. It is authoritarianism of the rich against the poor and the rest of the population. And not even the poor, like just everybody else, you know? And, and so it's important that you 
fucking purge the word authoritarianism from your lexicon entirely because it's <laughs> silly it's silliness it's silliness and i know people will argue with me about this i know paul you might not even fully agree with me because you got a lot of anarchist oh. tendencies but oh yeah and we that's why i said if you want to argue semantics about authority we we certainly i've been can. doing yeah. that since i knew how to argue <laughs> <laughs> right like but like so to me on like a broad level like authoritarianism to me means like who is controlling the levers of power and 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 to what end they're trying to do right and if you look at china as authoritarian if if somebody says to me china is authoritarianism uh, I'll or, or is authoritarian I'll say you're goddamn right you're goddamn <laughs> right and you and you know what they do with that authority since it's bottom up since it's it's whole process people's democracy yeah, who you know what they holds do the authority yeah yeah you know what they do with that authority there was a there was a um a company in China that was making um poisonous baby uh, uh what is it called the uh formula, formula? right you, you made know me what they, watch this clip of that you know what they did you know what they did they, they rounded said, Fuck up you essentially <laughs> they rounded up that company first of all they said this isn't a, this isn't your company anymore this is now controlled by the state that's first of all Number two, we're going and because because these people they they caught them, they yeah. knew full well that they were that they were selling this poisonous baby formula and killing children across the country. They took it over. They said, "This is ours now. We're going to send some people in there. We're going to figure this shit out. We're going to make some actual baby formula that doesn't fucking kill kids." And then number two, you're fucking dead. <laughs> like they weren't fucking around. They rounded up the CEOs, they put them on a trial, and like seven days later, they were executed. Now. I have my own thoughts about, um, you know, state sanctioned killing and, um, uh, the death penalty. And in, in general, I'm very, very much against that. Right. But I will say that killing, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast. So say it, say it. Cause after I'll tell you my view, killing CEOs that are killing children is a significantly better system than giving them a $10,000 fucking fine and a $500 million golden parachute to go kill some other kids at some other fucking business. That's how I feel. There we go. Sorry. I don't know if I'm going to have to edit that one. That's pretty <laughs> fucking extreme. <laughs> I've had too many of these Nazi seltzers. <laughs> so I wanted to look up the actual quote, but... yeah. Real me, Paul. I'm I'm off the rails right now. I forgot how long it is, but essentially, I was going to say my view on that capital punishment, whatever word you want to use, uh, is very much in line with if you've ever listened to a wonderful man named, well, he has a son named Justin Trudeau, uh, <laughs> but like his view is Fidel my Castro, view because in case anybody was wondering, yeah. So Castro, when when Americans were doing essentially the red scare, but against Cuba of like, let's look how bad they are. And he's a murderer and this and that. And like Castro said, like, no, our, like as a society, our view is that murdering other people is bad, but in certain cases, sometimes you are left with no other option of like when he needed to overthrow evil, he he knew there was some necessary killing that was going to happen. Yeah. But as a society, they didn't believe in, like, we're going to continuously always be killing people. Right. It was understanding the difference between, like, 
it's just like let's bring it back to everyone's favorite movies the star wars movies that are really just showing how evil the empire of america is like um like if luke skywalker kills like the emperor are you gonna be like look at this horrible fucking murder like look at this tyrant murderer killing this yeah. man and it's like well newsflash like, people good things are good like, and bad things are bad sometimes <laughs> you know you you gotta do it you, it's it is what it is and if it's someone like that like imagine if america had a system where when uh what was that stupid company's name that put the plastics in everyone's life and body for the rest teflon, of the eternity? teflon shit yeah uh is it dupont, DuPont. Was, were they tough te- were they teflon yeah yeah but like if we had that system where we could have done what we all wanted to, to that company, America was outraged that this yeah. was like happening. And that company exists right now. I was, you well, can go buy stock for this company. Yeah, I was just going to ask, right oh, that now. company's no more, right? And like they're doing great. <laughs> they're doing better they're doing, than ever. They have government IBM contracts. Exists. They have Government contracts, a company yeah. that has poisoned the globe forever. Forever. Like they these studies coming out lately, they're doing a lot of them about the microplastics in America. Like we're we're so far ahead of other countries. Like here, we won one of we have the most microplastics in our bodies. Like Woo! yay. Get like, it. Like it's just insane that like our reaction to a company like that is yeah. outrage from all the people. And yet they're Small doing fine. fine. They're doing great right now. They yeah. paid probably a tiny fine. That was like one, one thousandth of their profits the profit for they one quarter. Yeah. And they were like, Oh cool. Man, that was tough. Like maybe somebody went to jail. Yeah. Oh no. Maybe, but it was probably maybe. like probably not someone who didn't like really make the decisions, but they could pin it on them. Like someone's got to go down for this. This shit like, is just that, so frustrating to me, honestly. Like, because it's like yeah, because we could go on forever with examples like that. Thousands in comparison. Like the Cuyahoga like, River at one point was literally on oh, fire. Yeah, and all yeah. the companies responsible for that are still in business today. You know. Or, like even we just saw the East Palestine uh, yes, trains. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Like that happened, and not only did we not like drastically change that company and like forcibly well, what's go the railroad in, company name? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but yeah. shitty, shitty railroads. Shit I don't ass, know. We know the Chinese asshole. didn't build those ones. No, uh, definitely not. <laughs> Their train is fucking run on uh, time. Yeah, like, but like the fact that that company. Not only are they still a functioning company and no one like punished them whatsoever for it, they were like, you know, who should clean this up and do all the research and everything about it is that company. Yeah. What? Like, you're letting, like, and they're hiring themselves to go in and be like, yeah, it's not that bad. It's all safe here. Like, you cannot have zero oversight and expect it to go well. No. Like when these kinds of things happen, we have to hold these companies accountable and we have to be able to keep them from continuing to do these sorts of things or else they shouldn't exist or they should be hanging somewhere. Or I don't know, maybe there's a song I've heard once about how we have the guillotine. Yeah. Maybe we go we back to the, the guillotine. guillotine. Maybe we, we just go back to guillotines. I right. bet if we put a guillotine in the 
in the shareholders room at, right. <laughs> of every shareholders meeting if there's a guillotine sitting there just that they had to stare at knowing like that could be my fate they would act a lot different yeah um paul i think we're um gonna we're, talk for too long about this if no, we keep going we're, no we're missing out on like a very important demographic for our podcast if you look at the um uh, if you look at some of the stats that we have like we don't have a lot of uh women which is you know i mean we talk about stupid shit so that makes sense but if you're a woman and you're a fan of julia roberts you should really empathize with what we're talking about right now because if you're a woman and you're a fan of julia roberts you probably know that like one of her biggest movies was a movie called aaron brockovich and in Aaron Brockovich, she, in that movie, it's based on a, a, the true story of a woman named Aaron Brockovich that found that this company, this horrible gas and oil company was literally poisoning thousands of people in the United States. They knew they were poisoning them. They knew that they were killing them and their family and causing um, DNA complications that would, that would cause generational health issues forever so for these people stopped all those practices and everyone lived happily ever and after right luckily that company <laughs> was nationalized taken over and all their ceos were executed by this. oh wait never mind it's actually a company called pacific uh, oil and gas that oh. still exists to this day oh. um they're still they're like i think they just had a record-breaking quarter a couple of years ago or uh, good for a, a year ago. i know dude it's fantastic yeah, i'm really glad that they turned it, it around <laughs> yeah that's this is what i mean like this is why whole po- whole process people's democracy is is something that we need to look at seriously if you if you want to actually make changes in this country because because we'll even make media about it for you to consume right but we won't actually exactly fucking do anything about it. exactly we'll, we'll make like, movies so we can profit off the idea of how we should take these bad things down and there was this that other one but what we was it? still still water or something i think that was the one about the tough uh, about the teflon stuff yeah the <laughs> teflon um, stuff is insane we make all me. these movies we make all this stuff for you to consume about how bad these companies are like while the company still exists it's crazy yeah. to me it's crazy and what's crazy is like even the DuPont one has like there's layers to the DuPont family. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything Watch, uh, the DuPont family touches is sheer madness and evil. Complete insanity. Like, Look at that these movie people, fucking fox catcher. But like that's yeah. <laughs> creepy. I have a I have an entire other weird, episode like, that we could talk about about how capital accumulation just deteriorates people's minds and creates yeah. complete psychopaths We've but if you want an example discussion. of that if you want an example of that look at go watch the movie Foxcatcher and look at what happens to somebody who's like the third or fourth or fifth generation heir of uh, the, one of these gigantic companies like DuPont the dude lost his mind so yeah and at a certain point it's like how much can we expect from someone who is brought up in that environment their life they've known nothing but getting whatever they want whenever they want servitude from everyone around them yeah so it's like how normal of a person do you think that's gonna make them into like yeah and then they're not only are they this psychopath but then they also have these vast amounts of power that comes along with that wealth which is just terrifying (laughs) yeah (laughs) like Like we said going back to the beginning like these people that are 
that are uh, accumulating so much capital that they're like going insane are the people that are running the ship. What are yeah. we doing, folks? Right? Like, because that, those are your quote unquote authoritarian leaders right now. Yes. Is those, those fucks that everyone knows are little fucks who were raised with everything handed to them and servants and all this shit. They know they have a trust fund from the day they're born. Like, yes, these people are the ones running shit that affects all of our daily lives. Look in life, in governments, the way that this shit works, at least for Either now, fucker get fucked. Oh wait, the, no, that's not the, the way that this <laughs> shit works right now. Uh, and, and, and not to talk about the future and ideals and like these heady ideas about, um, you know, classless stateless societies yeah. and all that, yada, 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 yada. Cool. I don't live in dreamland. Right. <laughs> the way that it works right fucking now is there is either a dictatorship of these people, these people that own everything that have been served their entire life and are completely detached from reality, or there's a dictatorship of the people. That those are your choices right now. And we've got to make a choice at some point to figure out like what what is best for us. Is it living under the the thumb of these absolute vampiric psychopaths, or is it trying to find something different and looking elsewhere at what works elsewhere and and becoming like the masters of our own destiny? You know, that's what this shit is all about. So yeah, because uh, that gets me. I'm tired of hearing people be so upset, and no one. We're not presenting any option for how we can move forward positively. Yeah, people are either like they cling on to maybe my guy next time will do it, or they just say fuck it. Politics isn't for me. This whole thing's a joke, and they give yeah. up. Yeah, and we need. People I understand the giving up. We need I understand to, it. Yeah. And it's, we don't have enough community of people getting together and realizing we're not alone in that thought of like, we can all get together and stand up and take over control of our lives again. Yeah. We can do it. We, it just requires a lot of organization, a lot of us getting together, sometimes hashing it out. We might not always agree. No. We need to get together and organize it and figure out a solution. Because yeah. if we just keep bitching that we hate it but have no solution, then it's never going to get better. We can overthrow a government, but if we have nothing to replace it, the same shit's going to just come right back up. Right. And if you're at all interested in any of the psychotic ramblings that I just did, there's a great book you can read. It's called The Governance of China. It's written by one of my favorite authors. His name is Xi Jinping. Go ahead and, uh, and, and in fact, here's a funny, here's a, actually for anybody that's listening, you should do this. This is a, this is a fun, um, a fun little exercise for the viewers. Um, if you, uh, if you email a Chinese consulate in the United States, like I think there's one in Chicago still, that's probably the closest one uh, to where we're at. If you email a Chinese consulate and ask them for uh, uh, some reading material, they'll oftentimes send you a copy of that book in the mail for I wanna, free. I want to do that just to see if I get do the it. book. 
You've never have you ever done it? You should do no, it. They'll, I want to see if I can get. I want to see what they'll send me. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're on a list for life after that. But yeah, well, uh, I'm probably already on a couple lists. It doesn't matter. I had to go to the Chinese consulate way back in the day to get shit sorted before uh, a trip. But um, yeah, oh, you I can thought ask the there. agency would have taken care of that for you. But okay. you can uh, no comment. <laughs> you can ask in person. Or you can email, and I'll, uh, if you like Google search this, like yeah, the people they get they get books and shit for free from them. So hell yeah. If you don't if you don't want to pay for the governance of China, just ask for it. They're very open to uh, spreading real democracy in uh, the United States. So yeah, which honestly, for how much Americans love democracy, all right. Well then, let's turn this shit back into a democracy. Right. All or right. if it ever was one. All right, so closing thoughts, Paul. What do you think, man? What are you uh what are you feeling? What do you got? Uh, my thoughts are we have the guillotine. We do. <laughs> and uh honestly, I think my thoughts just before this were uh very much how I feel here lately about yeah. democracy, about all of it in America of we need to not just bitch about how bad it is and give up. We need to support our friends who are having those moments and yeah. we need to have a community. We need to help each other. We need to organize. We need to figure out if we want this stuff to change, we have to do it. Like yep. we need to make this change happen. Uh, and it's an overused quote, but that just reminded me of, you know, the be the change you wish to see in the world, yep. which it's so overused. It sounds silly and cliche, but when you think about it, it, there's a reason everyone knows that quote. Like, yep. we, we can't expect change to happen and for anything to get better. If we stay complacent and just watch it happen, we, we need to organize. We need to get together. We need to have these talks and figure out how we can shape a better future for ourselves. Cause if we don't try it, they'll just stay in power and it'll keep going this way and we'll just watch life happen. Right. That's good. Here's um, some closing, closing thoughts of my own is um, I, I, sometimes I don't know if this is just me because I'm, I'm so plugged in to all of this stuff, but I'm feeling like there is something different about 2024 that we probably haven't seen in our lifetimes and if you're feeling that way too you need to be ready you need to start doing the work now in understanding um how how these things can organize after whatever after anything like think of think start thinking deeply instead of about instead of thinking about electoralism in the united states and like the horse race and the debates and you know Trump did this and Biden did that and stuff like that start thinking more deeply about like what democracy means to you and what you expect to get out of a system of government that works for you and remember a very important quote that there are decades where nothing happens and there are weeks when decades happen, you have to be prepared for those weeks when decades happen. Yeah. Right. We, uh, we might see some of those weeks. 
we might this year. see some. Of I think it's I never thought it would be possible in my lifetime, but I am feeling like that more and more we might be seeing some of those ones. So. That's all I got. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think that is about it. Like,